Hello, and welcome to this edition of Advice Worth Keeping, KPMG's podcast series in which we interview KPMG leadership and subject matter experts, as well as third-party and client executives and thought leaders on key global business, socioeconomic, and geopolitical market trends and topics. My name is Stan Lapique, the lead market research and thought leadership effort for the KPMG Global Management Consulting Practice. And I'm your host for this podcast series. And I'm pleased to have with us here today Mr. James Wilson. James is a member of the United Kingdom firm. He wears a couple hats over there. He's part of the CIO advisory practice. He also takes the lead relative to the IT side of shared services and outsourcing advisory. So, James, thanks for joining us here today on this edition of Advice Worth Keeping. No worries at all. My pleased to be here. James, you and I and some of your colleagues were talking a few weeks back, going through some of the findings of the annual study that KPMG conducts with HFS Research. This year was entitled The State of Operations and Outsourcing, which certainly is a broad topic, but a lot of it had to do with the impact of intelligent automation or things such as artificial intelligence and robotics process automation on organizations' service delivery models, particularly how they're delivering information technology services. We saw a lot of optimism in the findings from that study around the benefits these technologies can bring. We certainly saw that organizations had a lot of challenges. We learned about some of the shifting of the different operating models they have, moving more towards centralized models and greater use of global business services organizations. Maybe to start out at a high level, based on that research, or probably more importantly, what you're seeing in your travels with your clients, what's the state of the market relative to service delivery models and how these technologies are impacting organizations as a whole, but in particular, how they're impacting the IT organization, and then how is the IT organization really taking the lead in driving these technologies in a good way into the organization? So big picture, what are you seeing out in the market today? Yeah, I think it's a great question. It's one that a lot of my clients who I've been speaking to have been grappling with, both at the tactical level of how do you take something like the emerging technologies of RPA and intelligent automation and apply that to something real and tangible and something you can get business benefits from to something much greater and actually how can you use that to drive value and benefit to the business as a whole. And I really think there's a couple of mixed pictures out there. The first thing is actually RPA, intelligent automation, robotics. It means different things to different people. And so there is an expectation setting element that has to happen with clients. A lot of boards and a lot of senior execs are actually hearing a lot about this technology and think it's the panacea for solving a lot of their problems and thinking they're just going to kind of wipe out swathes of their workforce and drive significant savings. And the reality is that that's just not the case. Not only are they more often than not not as mature within their organizations to do that, but also the technology from what they think it can do versus what it actually can do is very, very different. And so there is an element of trying to embed a, a sense of of understanding, of maturity, and really the art of the possible within organizations to allow them to achieve their goals. I think the other challenge around that, of course, is actually the skills available to do that. I'm sure we'll come on to later. There's a bit of a skill shortage in the market at the moment, which is not helping this particular element. However, for organizations that do embark on the journey of this intelligent automation, it is starting to gather momentum. It's certainly one of the things that a lot of organizations are talking about at the top of the shop, and therefore it is driving a lot of interest, both in terms of what the market is doing and how that's translating into things that the market's bringing to the table, but also in terms of investment and business cases coming forward within the organization. The challenge I always set the organizations when I speak to them is, so what? What do you want to do with this? And more often than not, organizations don't actually have 
a plan in mind to actually get the benefits out of it. They see it very much as intelligent automation is the answer, what is the question? And for me, it's a technology, it's a solution like any other technology which needs a problem to solve, it needs a benefit to go after, and it needs some real value and a business case behind it. And a lot of organizations are struggling with that really basic concept of what are you going to do with this and how it's going to help. And that can manifest itself in a number of different ways. Firstly, there's a lot of money being pumped into RPA, into intelligent automation technologies, and they need to make sure that they're actually investing in the right tool and not just chasing after the next big thing which happens to be going on there. They need to make sure that their operating model is fit for purpose so that when they do pick the right tool you know, and they go after it, it can be embedded within the organization to drive true value and doesn't just kind of get sidelined away from the actual organization itself. And it can deliver true value and, and change the IT organization for the better. And I guess finally, really it's about how do you use this technology for the betterment of the organization and not just the, the next flash in the pan. Today it will be automation. Um, last year it was cloud. Next year it will be virtual reality. These things need to be embedded in the organization in order to be transformational. Otherwise, they're going to go the way of technologies in the past, which never really added the value they wanted to. So, James, who's driving within the organizations you're seeing having more success with these technologies? Who's really driving that? You spoke to the fact that it shouldn't be a technology as an answer. It should be the other way around. So what's the role of the IT organization and the CIO in this? What's the role of the business side of the house? So it sounds like we have a really IT-enabled business transformation, and it's not just an IT transformation scenario, but what would be your recommendations to organizations in terms of how do they structure themselves to do some of the things you just outlined that they really need to do to take advantage of these technologies? It is a perennial problem. We've all seen the kind of the transformation of business models where the delta or the gap between the business and IT has been shrinking over the years. And that's become more and more pronounced as the technology becomes more prevalent. And a great example of that is the kind of software as a service type model where the business can go out and buy themselves a CRM solution or an HR solution. They don't necessarily need to engage with technology anymore. You know, they can spin up a workday instance quite easily and then leave it to IT to deal with it afterwards. The challenge in all of that is just trying to make sure that IT is coming to the table and adding what they need to do to solve their problem. It doesn't necessarily change how IT has to interact, but it can do. And I'll give you an example of that. From our perspective, we see two types of CIOs. There is the keep the lights on type CIO who's focused on service, he's focused on making sure that system numbers stay down, that actually the business is running, and actually all he or she cares about is making sure that the business requirements are met in the best way possible to meet the your demand. And in that instance, then the use of bots needs to be driven by business requirements. The use of intelligent automation needs to solve a specific business problem. And really, the IT organization needs to be the part of the organization that adapts and reflects those requirements into a technological outcome. But the flip side of that is actually a CIO who's transformational, who's really thinking disruptive, who wants to seat at the table, who wants to be engaging with the marketing individual, the digital part of the organization, really using technology to drive forward value into the organization. Then it becomes a lot more of a collaborative approach around educating the business about what technology can do for them, bringing ideas to the table, really advancing the cause of the wider business and, and where additional business value is going to be generated from, and using technology jointly with the business ideas to really take that forward. That's where I see the value really being driven is when you get that collaborative work, not only with the IT function internally, but then when they start bringing suppliers, innovation centers, 
quite disparate parts of the organization together to really shape something unique. That's when, firstly, they as an organization will really take some significant steps forward. Secondly, that's where you'll get some true differentiators in the market and actually organizations can truly say that they've got some USP rather than put in RPA or we've decided to streamline our process. It's a very interesting time at the moment where a lot of IT functions are still trying to figure out how they can best engage and collaborate with the business. And with the technology out there at the moment, it is rife for some serious challenge and disruption. James, we've talked about the need for the ability of an organization to translate the technology into the business requirements going to provide differentiation for them. Clearly, you just articulated the importance of having a transformational type of CIO. But what about the next layer down? Where are organizations at relative to having the talent to support this. You touched on this a little bit earlier. So I think when we think of intelligent automation and talent and talent management challenges and opportunities, on the one hand, as you mentioned, a lot of organizations are looking at things such as robotics process automation as a way to reduce headcount, reduce costs. So there's the labor takeout play. But on the other hand, to really fully take advantage of these technologies, I think organizations need a lot of new and different skills that they may or may not have. So there's the need to perhaps retrain existing resources to support these efforts or maybe go outside to a third party. Where are we at with sort of the two sides of the the talent and labor issue? One, how practical is it to expect that RPA is going to really drive huge labor takeout and cost savings? And is that necessarily the approach that organizations should be taking? But maybe more importantly, do firms have the talent to really take advantage of these technologies? So if you have a transformational CIO, do organizations have the right people there to carry that forward? So it's a great question. I mean, I think we're all aware that there is a a bit of a skill shortage in the market at the moment. And as technology changes and advances, that skill shortage is getting more and more pronounced. The challenges in the industry, not only internally, but also within the suppliers, is very pronounced right now. And and I think a lot of organizations are really struggling to get the skills they need. And I think that manifests itself in a number of different ways. Firstly, they're going to have to actually go out and start to retrain some of their existing staff. I think it's naive for organizations to think that they can side vast off their headcount unless you're really talking about very low value RPA type work. But even then, you're going to need to actually retrain parts of the organization to really understand the errors, the false positives that crop up in there. You know, RPA is a rules-based system and therefore there are things which are always going to come out which negate those rules. I think secondly, you know, you're absolutely spot on. I think organizations are seeking support from outside and in many ways they don't know what support they need. And so it's a very interesting time in the outsourcing market where support suppliers are having to bring not only skills of delivery to bear, in many cases, advisory skills as well, of actually helping to shape problems and shape the the solutions with clients to actually deliver against the technology that the clients are brought into. The challenge that they have in this is price point is actually trying to make sure that they're actually adding value, encroaching onto some of the BAU type activities that the clients would ordinarily go after and continue to add value in an area where traditional outsourcing is decreasing, traditional headcount-based contracts is on the downturn and the real value add elements of the contracts where it's quite hard to price and differentiate yourself so early in a contracting process is really paramount. That we see manifesting itself as a result in a couple of ways. Firstly is a lot of clients that we're engaging with are moving towards a really trusted partnership type model where a number of organizations, suppliers are actually deemed kind of inside the tent, so to speak, for a client's ecosystem. And so when an organization is looking to engage with a supplier there, it's due to a closed 
group of trusted suppliers who understand their landscape, understand their technology, understand some of the stakeholder and organisational and cultural challenges that they have and so can really bring insight and true differentiators to the table. And secondly, the suppliers are having to bring skills that they wouldn't ordinarily have to bear on this. We saw this a couple of years ago with digital marketing agents and innovation labs and disruptive technologies all being acquired at quite a rapid rate by suppliers and service providers with the aim that they've got this multifaceted delivery system that can really meet all the clients' needs. Now, in my experience over in the UK, the clients are really struggling to hire at the scale and the value that they need. And so they are turned to these service providers, help them transform themselves. But I think it's still quite an immature market and a lot of clients are still very unsure about what the skills they need. And so I suspect it's going to be quite a dynamic place with regards to contracts and a lot of service providers taking bits of market share and losing other bits. It's going to be an interesting time. I think technology, as it changes over the coming months and years, is going to be really helping shape that as well. Well, James, thank you very much for your time today. I think you gave us a great perspective on the fact that we have a lot of very innovative and impactful and cool technologies out there, but there's a lot more than just the technology that's going to be required for an organization to have success with that. Thanks for your sharing insights here today and advice worth keeping. We'll have to get you back soon to continue this discussion because I think there's a lot more details we could dig into, but thanks for your time today. Anytime. More than happy to have a discussion further. And you can find the links to the items we referenced in the show today below the podcast. If you're online, of course, the URL for that is kpmg.com slash US slash podcast. That's our app. Thanks for your participation. 